0: Welcome to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Club. Coach Carl will join us here momentarily. We've got a star-studded cast for the next hour lined up for you. We will be visiting with uh, DU seniors Lane Crenzen and Brett Edwards a little bit later on in the program, right around 6.30 or thereabouts. And we will be joined by my friend Marty Richardson from Dog Nation a little bit later on in the hour as well. It's great to be here at the Campus Lounge. Uh, Coach Carl, I've been out here for 43 years and uh, spent uh, many an evening following a DU hockey game, whether it was at the Old Barn or at Magnus Arena right here at uh, the Campus Lounge. Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar, but it's uh, a lot more than that. Has not yet partaken. He will, though. Uh, hopefully when we are off the air rather than uh, during the program itself. But uh, we have the best burgers in the area here at the Campus Lounge. Fun place, competitive atmosphere. The kids can play, parents can relax. Located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. Come watch the Pioneers right here at uh, the Campus Lounge. And uh, Coach Carl, welcome. Coming off uh, a very fine regular season debut weekend in the NCHC at Miami, Ohio, I imagine uh, you couldn't have scripted it out much better than uh, consecutive wins of four to nothing and four to two.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good weekend for us, and I think before getting into that, just share that it, it is great to be back here at the Campus yeah. Lounge, and um, you know, obviously, an establishment that is close and endear to the Pioneer Hockey program with Jim Wistie starting it, and I think uh, it's in really good yeah. hands now, oh, yeah. and um, like you mentioned, uh, the atmosphere, but the food, and all the Pioneers as well, and, and getting into the weekend, um, yeah, it went very well. We started the weekend uh, excellent. Magnus Crona was very good on Friday night, yeah. got his shut shutout, um, which you know he, he's he's actually close. He's within striking distance of, of the program record if he has a, a the year that we all expect him to. And and then on Saturday night, um, you know it was good to win in a different way where we had to come from behind. And uh, in the third period, in, in the third period, down two to one. And Carter Mazur, and I'm sure we'll talk about him. but yeah. had, had I, I think we better weekend. talk about yeah. him a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, five of his uh, ten goals for the season uh, took place. Uh, over the weekend, and we'll talk about the natural hat trick that he registered on uh, Friday night. And uh, I'm a little older than you are, David, but uh, maybe you can help me out on this. Uh, and we'll get into it more deeply later on. But I believe it might well have been a hockey first, and I have no way to uh, confirm this. But it was not only a natural hat trick, which is rare, but not unheard of. Yep. The assists the first assist and the second assist on each of the three goals that Carter scored came from Rizzo with the first assist and then Dornbach with the second assist. I'm pretty sure that's never happened.
1: Yeah, really rare, uh, certainly. And, you know, those three were were very good all weekend long, but particularly on Friday night uh, on a power play M5 on five to be able to provide some offense for our team. And um, you know, now we're we're getting into a position where we're starting to get healthy. We you know yeah. we expect to have some people back this weekend, and and hopefully can expand that offensive uh, firepower with some better depth and uh, be able to get more production from other parts of the lineup. But uh, those three playing at the level they are—that's uh, all a really you needed at Miami. Yes, was, was that
0: was that line? And again, uh, you got contributions here and there from other places, but. That line, at least two-thirds of it, is a carryover from last year when Rizzo and Mazur were freshmen, of course. And now you have the luxury of putting either right on that line, the freshman, or Doran back, your uh, transfer portal acquisition from Harvard, who has now, I believe, 100 points in his college hockey career.
1: Yeah, no, he hit that milestone over the weekend between Harvard and, and Denver now. He's over 100 uh, for his career. It's a great accomplishment. And, yeah, we definitely, you know, with Thompson coming back, with King yes. getting back into the lineup, we definitely yes. have options um, with all of our lines. And, and you'll probably see some juggling as we sure. as we get to full health as to what maybe works best. We, we know that Dornbach, Rizzo, and Major is a good line, but, but does splitting them up a little bit help? Uh, provide more depth which throughout, you've done, throughout the rest of the which lineup. you've done. Yep.
0: I know you spotted Dorn back here and there uh, the previous weekend here against Providence, but you, you put all three together, and it's a, something that you did a little bit last year, too, which you were able to push uh, yep. your, your top three scores into the lineup at the same time on the ice together, not all the time, but at certain points maybe when you needed to generate a little bit of a push offensively.
1: Yeah. And I, th- I think it's nice to have that um, available um, to you. You know, I just, I go back to our, our first year and, um, and, and we were, we were changing. We didn't change our top line quick enough with Gutman Peterson and Lucas Savage. As it just, yeah. um, it got stale quickly. And, um, you know, and I think we were resistant to change that and thought it would just work itself out. Now, I think there, there's some value in, in switching up the line combinations and such so that um, individuals get comfortable playing with one another and then you can mix and match. And if you're on the road, you know, in a tough environment, maybe the, their big three are split up and you come back with them in a given moment off after an icing or something like that, it forces a timeout or, or you yeah. sense a moment of of weakness in the sure. other team, maybe, maybe a, a second period line change where we're changing on the fly and instead of, you know, putting out another line, you put those three back together and, and you know that there's instant chemistry. So I think it keeps the opposing team on their toes and, um, is also good, uh, value and, um, you know, growth for the individuals that we have. I
0: was talking to a friend of mine this week who, uh, is a season ticket holder, watches you on a regular basis, even when you're on the road, uh, tries to at least, uh, Uh, Catch the Highlight Packages that uh, the NCHC puts out. And his reaction was, having watched Marcus Crona over three previous years, that in some respects he seems even sharper this year. He looks bigger between the pipes. Uh, Give me your assessment of Crona, whose numbers right now are actually better than his numbers collectively over his first three years?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, he'd be the first to say it. There, there's moments of, of really, you know, good things in his first three years, particularly his freshman year, um, the sophomore year. Um, he'd, he'd, he'd want some things back, I think. And then last year, all in all, he, he was really quite dependable and solid for us. And I, I think it's in his senior year trying to wrap all those pieces together, and it's a huge part of why – the college route is a great option for kids. You get four years uh, if you need it to continue to develop and become a more consistent uh, performer because when you do turn pro, uh, you, you don't get the opportunity to make a second first impression. and um, So you want to make the best first impression that you can. And uh, Magnus, to, to his credit, he's been uh, very solid for us this year in the early going, and uh, it's a lot of what we challenged him with. In his opening year meeting with the youth of our forward group and in the veteraness of our goaltending and our our decor, that they would have to be good early to be able to try and help carry us, and it's exactly what they've done. Um, we knew the forward group would be young. We were also injured, um, which which compounded yeah. the matter. And and again, our our back end, uh, two of which you'll speak to tonight, and Magnus um, yeah. have been a- excellent for us in, in getting us to a six and two record here early in the season. Well, um, we've had a little bit
0: of a change in, in plans because Kyle has a class conflict uh, tonight. Kyle Mayhew, the senior defenseman. And, of course, uh, we will be speaking a little bit later on with Lane Crenson as planned. And Brett Edwards will uh, oh, nice. be joining us okay. uh, as, we as well. Uh, a couple of seniors uh, who have been... Uh, Two of your best role players, and, of course, uh, Brett was more of a regular during his first two years here and had some injury problems last year and now has worked his way uh, back into the lineup. And to me, the impressive thing on the surface, and you can say this about a lot of your players, they could have gone to at least two-thirds of the teams in the country and got more ice time than they get here, but they chose to come here. And they're national champions as a result of yeah. that decision.
1: I mean, we, we, uh, we certainly talk about that a lot, the, the challenges, and that was a big part of the message this week in, in getting three forwards potentially back into the lineup um, with Webster, King, and uh, Thompson is that it, it's hard to play here. And there's a reason we don't carry more than 15 forwards. Right. Um, there's some places around the country that carry 16, 17, sure. 18 Uh, They'll carry nine, ten defensemen, but we like to be at 15 and eight um, up front and on the back end so that, um, you know, those guys who are depth players, they they have a legitimate chance um, to get in the lineup and be able to contribute, and um, Lane and and Brett are both guys who uh, anything they've gotten, they've had to earn, And, and Brett's done a really nice job on our fourth line this year providing some stability and some consistency to be able to play against some other teams' better players. Um, and then Lane Crenson is just, he's a consummate pioneer. He, he hasn't yes. been in a lot of games, but right. um, he is excellent, um, excellent human being in the classroom, away from the rink, out the rink. Guys just love him. Um, and he's going to be a great alumni. And um, hopefully he's already got one ring and hopefully he leaves here with two. Well,
0: uh, that's the idea to get to 10 this year, as far as uh, national championships in the history of the program are concerned. We'll come back in just a moment. We'll talk a little more about the Saturday night game with Miami of Ohio, which involved a three-goal Denver outburst in the third period and a come-from-behind 4-2 win. And we'll also talk about, uh, well, it's not homecoming, but it it was going to be a special weekend on uh, the hilltop with St. Cloud State and Denver going at it, two clearly of the top five teams uh, in the country, whatever the rankings have to say, whether you uh, uh, put – Uh, One team at two and the other at five or one team at two and the other at four. It doesn't really much matter. These are two of uh, the great programs and this year great teams in all of major college hockey. That's all coming next as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Stay with us. Back to the Campus Lounge, I'm Sandy Cluff. This is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl on this Thursday night in the Mile High City. Campus Lounge, of course, Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar. A lot more than that, of course. The burgers are the best in the area. A fun atmosphere. We've got games on. Uh, the Nuggets are uh, playing right now. We're, we're actually, see, the people in here are all hockey people. We've got a quite a crowd here. We are outside. We are covered by a tent. But you're a hockey guy. You don't – this is nothing out of the ordinary for you to no. be sitting out here in a snowstorm doing the great. program. I think if, it's you, great. It's yeah. great yeah. for you. You'd want to do this every week. Yes, absolutely. If, if we could. Yeah. And uh, so will our player guests uh, – Red Edwards and Lane Crenson, who will be joining us here in about 15 minutes as uh, the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl uh, continues. Uh, talk about We've already touched on it. Uh, the game Saturday night, uh, you did tie it, as I recall, fairly early in the third period at 2-2 two and two after trailing 2-1 at the end of two periods. But with, what, seven minutes, even a little less than that remaining in the game, it's still 2-2. Two two. Yeah. Anybody's game.
1: Yeah for sure and um, you know I, I thought Miami um, much improved from last season and uh, really uh, gave us all we could handle and I think that was a really good thing for our team to have to face a little bit of adversity here early being down going into the third and have an ability uh, to come back in the game and I think that was a big part of it's a big part of any team's success but never never uh, doubting that you're out of a hockey game I think is critical, and, and again, for our guys, we were playing an excellent goaltender. Uh, yeah. He was seeing pucks well. We generated, I think it was 42 shots total, 21 were on the power play, Yeah. and you know he was he was making a lot of saves, and um, our guys continued to stick with it, and uh, we were able to finally cash in on one of our power plays um, and extend our lead there in the third period and, and get the empty netter as well. So it's hard to get six points on the road in this league. It doesn't matter where See. you go. And uh, to be able to start with a plus six weekend um, is a huge. Uh, it's a great starting point for this young team.
0: Uh, I don't know that you've experienced this, at least not yet, as a head coach. But uh, through eight games, you've got a double figure goal scorer already in uh, Carter Mazur. Uh, but you also have a player in double figures with assists at 11 in Rizzo. Uh, they they just they're remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's
1: weekend it's, in and weekend out yeah it's a really good uh development for them we we often talk about the sophomore year uh yeah. being a well little, they say
0: sophomore jinx at yeah, least the old timers do these guys are too young to have maybe even ever heard that yeah, phrase they don't know
1: probably that. not but uh the, the reality is is um you know they're they're two of our bigger returning forwards if not the biggest and so um, everybody knows who they are. There's no Brink, there's no Savoy, there's no Stapley or Gutman for other people right. to have to be worried about. And, and then Rizzo and Mazur can go out and do their thing. I mean, everyone's focused on those two guys and uh, for them to be able to have the early season success and handle, you know, that pressure um, and that, that level of focus from the opposing team is, again, it's a really good thing for their individual development and their mentalities, but also for uh, the benefit and the development of our team. You've got nine new players, seven up front,
0: at this point through eight games. Now, well into the conference season, your conference home opener is uh, tomorrow night against St. Cloud State. How would you say generally those new players have integrated themselves so far?
1: Yeah, I think they're they're fitting in well. I mean, um, it's a it's a learning curve, and so we're. I think we've built a good foundation of of some things offensively and defensively that we want and and need to do. And now it's trying to build upon those things. And, um, you know, I think the next step for our team offensively is to, is to hang on to more pucks in the offensive zone and try and wear teams down with a a better puck possession game that hasn't fully been there consistently throughout um, the group. And, and I think we we're getting to the point where we're, we're close to being able to do that. and, um, I think again we're just we're going to continue to get more and more dangerous as the year progresses and um, again, getting the health uh back up and going, I think is a critical thing as well and and hopefully we get that here this weekend The UMass series kind of uh punctured
0: your uh goals for uh average uh, uh until uh the last uh, two weekends, and now you're up to averaging more than three a game and giving up less than two. Uh, maybe you'd like to score a little more but uh, you're going to win a lot of games in anybody's league giving up two or fewer goals per game
1: yeah a big part of that's magnus and in our decor i think in three games we've given up it's at the most six i think five on five goals and um so that's that's a really good thing um you know the amount of shots we're giving up on the penalty kill is at a low number um as well and that the
0: most improved area the, the penalty kill, kill
1: so um, far I mean percentage wise not there yet but I do right. you know and there's a lot of new people on it but, but, but the, I,
0: the last couple of weekends uh, yeah, yeah, I been up the, yeah I think around 85 percent I mean closer. the level
1: of of the uh, the puck pressure and, and reading the situations um, you know I think is getting better and, and again there's a lot of new people yeah on the penalty sure. kill and um, especially up front and getting them to be more aggressive and disrupting people I think we can really use our team speed um, to to our advantage on the penalty kill. And, um, yeah, we've definitely seen growth in that area for you, sure.
0: You talked about, and we'll get to St. Cloud here in just
1: a second, but you talked about the two guys coming back.
0: We have seen King uh, yep. this year, uh, injured, uh, of course, the second night uh, here against Providence uh, almost two weeks ago. We have not yet seen Thompson. Yep. What should we expect from a freshman who is an yeah. area kid? One of many on your team.
1: Yep. Yeah, no. um, You know, Aiden, I think, is going to be a very good hockey player for us. It's been a – he hasn't been on, you know, in a game environment uh, in a very long time. He got hurt on August 1st at the World Junior Camp. Yep. Um, We've just passed November 1st, and so it's been some time. But, you know, he's – I think he's worked his way back into practice in a really healthy way and, um, you know, full practice this week, not wearing um, an orange medical jersey, which is – which is good, and, um, you know, a player that has a lot of pace, um, head plays with his head up and can make plays um, to people, but can also, you know, I think has an underrated shot and an ability to score goals. Um, so he's going to have an adjustment period to the level, but, um, you know, I think it does help him having the opportunity to watch some games, um, to be able to work into practice slowly, and, you know, I, I think he's going to hit the ground running and, and be a very good player for us.
0: You mentioned the goaltender you played against last weekend. Pretty good goaltender, right? Yep. Now this weekend, you play against the National Goaltender of the Month for October.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, Bassie, <laughs> you know, he's he's improving. He was at Colorado College for a couple of years. Right. He transferred to St. Cloud so you, State. So you're familiar yeah, with him. Yeah, so we, we know him very well. And, um, you know, again, another, like most goalies, he's going to stop what he can see and yeah. uh, very technically sound and, and then the other kid, they've been splitting games, but uh, Jackson Castor, um, another uh, very good goalie, uh, has typically been playing on Friday nights for them. And um, you know, Bassey hasn't lost yet, and, and Castor I think is three and one, and both are above a nine three nine four save right. percentage. So St. Right. Cloud's a team that plays very good team defense, um, and they have good goaltending when when mistakes and things break down from there. St.
0: Cloud is one of those programs that's been right on the verge of breaking through and winning a national championship Uh, as I recall in 21 didn't they lose to UMass in the national championship game haven't quite broken through but it is one of those programs even in your league that tends to stand out they're in the first division year in and year out yeah no
1: yeah they're they've they've become a consistent performer certainly in the league and um, someone that we respect a lot and uh, know that regardless of when and where we're playing them, we're gonna we're gonna get a really good hockey game, and um, I think Brett Larson's done a great job, kind of right. blending, um, you know, Bob Motzko's offensive, sure. running gun, um, yeah. puck possession yeah. game on the big ice up there, with a yeah. little bit of the bite and jam that that Duluth has, where right. Brett came from, right. and and he really was, you know, he's an alum of Duluth and yeah. worked with Sandy Scott Sandlin up there yeah. for for a number of years, and so. I think Brett's done a really nice job kind of blending those two styles into his own. And, um, again, they're a formidable opponent um, Anytime you play them. And, and certainly they they look very good this year. I think last year was a disappointing end for them. A lot of people back from that championship game team. Yeah. And um, yeah. to go out how they did, I, I know they weren't happy, and they seem to have some things to prove this year. And um, so we're going to get their best uh, certainly this weekend, and, and I think it'll be – uh, from what I've heard, it's going to be a, a very well-attended both-night games. and um, I would hope so. We're, we're looking forward to a top-five matchup in Magnus Arena.
0: Yeah, folks can watch uh, tomorrow afternoon uh, at noon and Saturday afternoon at noon. They can watch the Avalanche. And, yep, uh, that's make, right. Make yeah, it yeah, a great hockey weekend. Yep. Watch yep. the Avalanche over in Finland against Columbus, and then come watch you and St. Cloud State, uh, 7 p.m., on Friday night, 6 p.m. on Saturday night, and uh, both games can be heard on 104.3, the fans, HD3. And uh, I want to ask you uh, if there is a point at which you begin to pay attention, and I imagine it's a ways off, to rankings, whether they be USCHO, pairwise, uh, not in early November, I take it. But is there a point where the teams that, let's say, are in the top 10 in the country right now, which would be in order Michigan, uh, at least on USCHO's side, Michigan DU, Minnesota St. Cloud, UMass, Minnesota State, Quinnipiac, Yukon, Ohio State, North Dakota, uh, Western Michigan from your league is ranked 18th. Duluth ranked 19th at uh, four and four, but uh, uh, again, Duluth schedules like you guys do, uh, pretty tough. Uh, how how reflective uh, are those rankings now compared, in your opinion, to what they might look like come the first of the year? I think January? I think
1: what we'll maybe pay attention to. I mean, obviously, we were, as you know, we're focused on ourselves and our non-conference sure. record and. We have 12 non-conference games this year, and that's a huge indicator uh, into the pairwise because it factors so much into your common opponents and the comparisons of other teams around the country, and um, so having a winning record or a, or a well-above winning record is critical in your your hopes to get that large bid into the national tournament, um, and so we look at that first and foremost with ourselves, and then, and then you start to look around the league, and you um, you know, unfortunately, this year we're we're third in win percentage behind Hockey East and Big Ten here in the early going. A majority of non-conference play is is relatively complete. We're close yeah. to a 600 win percentage, but it's not to the level that it was, say, um, a year ago or three years ago when we have five six teams into the tournament. So, I will say there is a little bit of a concern there um, in the in the strength of the league in our non-conference play. Right. Um, when you look at that, now when you look at uh, NCHC, Big Ten, and Hockey East were all about 500 against each other, and that's where yeah. then your own individual record against those teams. You know, uh, you know, against Providence, those are big ones. Sure. The one win against oh, Notre yeah. Dame, or only Big Ten opponent, right. is big. And, and ultimately, you you become big fans of your non-conference opponents. You want uh, them to win once you're done playing them, and so yeah. you cheer for Arizona State and Lindenwood and, uh, and Notre absolutely. Dame and Providence and sure. UMass um, sure. once they start playing other teams around the country. Well,
0: uh, it's a fascinating year in in college hockey once again, and we'll talk about that and maybe reminisce a bit uh, with a couple of your players coming up. Uh, Lane Krenzen, uh, the senior defenseman, and senior forward Brett Edwards will be joining us next. David, thank you as always. We'll see you tomorrow night. We look forward to the weekend.
1: Thank you, Sandy.
0: Appreciate it. And we'll continue in just a few moments. With more ahead, Marty Richardson from Dog Nation will join us as well in the next half hour as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Continue now with uh, the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. We have uh, Lane Crenzen and Brett Edwards here with us, and we'll speak to those two in just a moment. Tell you a little bit about the Campus Lounge as we broadcast live. Here from uh, the three-way intersection of Exposition, University, and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. It's the Campus Lounge. It's been around forever. It's uh, Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar, but a lot more than that. Sensational food, particularly the hamburgers, second to none in the area. Uh, Fun. Atmosphere for both kids and adults. The kids can play. Lots going on here. Parents can relax, uh, watch games, or gather here inside the tent. Uh, the two guys sitting to my left here, and uh, uh, the two people we'll be speaking with in a moment, uh, are like their coach. They, they love this. They, they, they love being outside. Now, we are covered by a tent. We do have a heater on, but that's for me because I'm old. These, these young guys can take it. And uh, certainly during the summer months, uh, you can spend uh, time both inside and outside here at the Campus Lounge. And, of course, especially come watch the Pioneers um, or, better yet, attend the game and come here afterwards. Uh, They are always welcoming here at the Campus Lounge. And uh, we uh, introduce our guests, both seniors, defenseman Lane Krenzen and forward Brett Edwards, who have been kind enough to join us here tonight. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we did on homecoming a show from Magnus, and we had, you know, two kids on it. We, we had Benning and Rizzo. But you guys are grizzled veterans. You, you guys are seniors, both national champions. And, uh, Brett, I want to start with you, because not only did you have a Frozen Four experience last year, but you had the rather um, – rare chance to play in the national semifinal game against your brother yeah what was that like as uh, michigan and du the two most decorated college hockey teams historically both with nine national championships now went at it in the semifinals and you're playing against your brother
2: yeah, I mean it was it was pretty awesome. That was actually the first time in uh, in both our careers that we got a chance to actually play against each yeah, other. I was going
0: to ask you about that. I imagined it might have been. Yeah. The first time. So
2: he, I mean, he's four years younger than I am. So and our the matchups just never quite right. Quite worked out. And uh, yeah. So when he, I mean, I was already at uh, DU for two years, and then he was going in Michigan, and right. everyone back home was like, "Oh, are you guys ever going to get to play each other?" And. Um, I mean, it's possibly a non-conference, but probably a better chance. Or uh, yeah, <laughs> to to happen in if we both made the tournament and ended up in the Frozen Four, and, and uh, sure enough, first year it happened. So yeah, it was it was it was unbelievable. Like again, it was our first time playing against each other. We had all the family out in Boston, and and uh, just you know. now, how
0: how were the rooting interests divided? Were they split? Yeah, or does I, the older guy? Uh, who may not have another shot at it, although yeah. technically you do again this year. Yeah. Uh, maybe have to uh, uh, get most of the attention and most of the rooting interest because your younger brother will have other chances, of course.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's got a couple years on me now, but yeah. uh, it was it was a, it was pretty well split split down the middle. Um, it was funny because my my both my mom and my dad were wearing. I think my mom was wearing a Denver jersey and a Michigan hat, and my dad right. was wearing a Denver hat the other mi- way around, Michigan jersey and and the some of the looks that they got in the stands, they were they were pretty confused I and I think
0: there may have been a shot of your family during the telecast. Yeah, there might have the been. National yeah. Telecast and
2: uh, yeah, so they got a bunch of comments and yeah. <laughs> just explaining to everyone in the stands, it was they were like, "Oh wow, like that's uh that's pretty crazy and pretty rare." So, no, it was it, it was an awesome experience and for for uh, of course, for me and Ethan, but uh, for the family as well. So.
0: And no question where the rooting interest was for the championship game. Yeah, no Which, doubt. of course, uh, involved you and Minnesota State. And uh, Lane, I want to ask you, too, uh, uh, you and Brett ha- have been here, and uh, you get a chance to go to the Frozen Four. What was that experience like for you?
3: I mean, it's something we, uh, we want to do it again. It, yeah. Um, it was... Um, <laughs> You know, you come to DU and you come here to win championships. And, it, um, you know, until we actually got to Boston and had the police escort go into the rink and, you know, it, um, red carpet entrances and everything like that, it, it was a really, really special experience that we're very grateful to have had while, while we're here. And, like I
0: said, hopefully we can do it one more time this year. I want to ask you both this question. Lane, we'll start with you. Uh, we touched on it with uh, Coach Carl a few moments ago. You two could have gone to more than I imagine two thirds of the programs in the country and played more often, gotten more ice time than you probably suspected you'd get here. Why come here? Just. The first
3: time I showed up on campus, um, hanging out with the guys for the first time, there's a different, there's an energy that I don't think you can replicate a lot of other programs. Mm-hmm. And then showing up freshman summer, me, Brett, uh, Justin Lee, and Jay Feewell, who's not right. here anymore, uh, we were we were here together. Uh, Bobby Brink was still finishing school. Magnus Crona was still in Sweden. But yeah, you're training yeah. with, uh, you're training and skating with the NHL alumni, um, other professional right. alumni that sure. are playing and yeah. playing in Europe, playing elsewhere in North America, and. Uh, just you see their work ethic and their commitment, and the the precedent—it's it's, it's obvious—and the the bar for what's expected of you is set very early. And just wanting to be part of that part of that elite group is um, is all that really the reason you need to come here.
0: So. And uh, you, you have to be, or you quickly become aware of the history absolutely. of this program, oh, yeah, right? It's all over the locker room. And, so yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely, and, Uh, Brett, uh, same question to you. And I I understand you were a regular player for two years. You got hurt last year. You didn't play as much. And, of course, uh, so much talent comes into this program on an annual basis. You still play, but maybe not the prominent role you could have at many other schools, including schools that are ranked in the top 20 right now. Why Denver for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, Lane touched on it. He pretty well ni- hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's just it's a culture thing, and and uh, just the precedent that pe- that people and players and uh, set before us, and and the program that they built is uh, something to be proud of, or to be a part of is something to be proud of. And uh, you know, like Denver is known for. Uh, you come here and you expect to win championships, and and. Uh, that's expected of you and sometimes that can that can lean on a player, but I mean, uh, I mean that's that's what last year was about and that's I mean we proved that we could do it and we did it. And so I mean it's gonna go down as one of the greatest greatest moments OF my life. so I mean I can't see it any other way.
0: Given the choice between maybe five, six, seven minutes more per game and a national championship, you'll take the national championship. Absolutely, right? every time. Every time, every every time. the same every with, time. with you, Lane, uh, I assume as well. Do, do you both, and Lane, again, we'll start with you, do you both feel that your role off the ice is at least as important as your role on the ice?
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, I think our class, uh, we're, I think, you know, for lack of a better term, we got we got a mature group. It's, um, you know, we, we're very tight together. Um, and just uh, how we, I think how we handle ourselves I think uh, the weight room is a big thing for me and Brett we share a rack together I think we help lead the charge there and just off right. the, um, and just um, you know we came in pretty much both being 21 year old freshmen and you know we you kind of had mentioned it earlier we get we reload every year we have a lot of high-end uh, blue chip player talent that um, you know they're probably more talented players and you know, me and Brett's role to you know, play, be hard against them in practice because um, like this weekend coming up we got st Cloud there they got some big players especially and you know they're gonna they're gonna be playing hard against our skill guys and so just um, you know just I think just bring that veteran presence um, a little bit of the, the grizzled vet mentality kind of like you mentioned at the start of the show and it uh, I think it goes a long way it, it definitely can uh, be more humbling and can be difficult at times but at the end of the day it, it takes a village and we're the ones that uh, that um take on that role proudly so
0: but, but Brett uh, you as a forward uh in mean, Lanes on, on defense where a lot of the guys came back from last year's team yeah maybe a couple of newcomers up front you got I think seven if I'm if I'm counting correctly yeah uh that's a bunch of young players who, who are going to play and they'll either be real good or real bad but it's part of your responsibility i take it that you make sure that uh, there are more good nights than bad nights because there will be ups and downs even among the most talented young players and you've been through the wars before
2: yeah for sure and i think just that ex- that experience um i mean we've been been here Den at du for f- four years now and just kind of um being through um learning that expectation That's oh yeah that's or ex- er, that's expected of players and and uh and i mean not just on the ice in games but um every day in practice every day in the weight in the weight room and and not only at the rink either but in the classroom and and at home whether it's uh smaller habits and and yeah so i think i mean like lane mentioned like we're uh, more mature came in older more mature group and so i think just kind of um taking that role and and being able to kind of spread that experience and wisdom is it's it's a huge factor in how, how these young guys are coming in and how their careers are going to go at, at DU and and uh, hopefully much longer than that. So, yeah.
0: Uh, Lane, you will be, if, again, my math is correct, 25 years old.
3: I'll be 25 in February. February.
0: Yep. Uh, I've asked this question, and I've always gotten the same answer, and it's I think the young players today are much smarter and more sophisticated. There might have been a time where it would have been very tough for a head coach in his early 30s to coach players like you who are in their mid-20s. That doesn't ever have seemed to have been an issue with Coach Carl. Why not?
3: Well, I think I'm just being part of the program for as long as he had. Um, he's been been around uh, it for so long and has been able to build up those connections just during his time here. And I think the, the transition into um, um player coach uh, assistant coach head coach um you, you have those you're familiar with the guys going into it and i think um i think that's allowed coach carl to um you know to do a good job just being comfortable with um having some guys that are maybe a little you're not overly younger than he is i think um you know me and eddie are still 24 each right now but i think guy like colin stop from a few years ago Sabi, i think right now he's got to be 28 yeah 20 28 years old or something like that and so he's definitely um you know, closer to age than and Coach Carl, but again, those are you know they're both in the program for a long time together, and I think it um, I think that helps uh, definitely helped uh, set up Coach Carl in our program for success here.
0: Brett, uh, you were 24 uh, as of September 10th. Does the fact that Coach Carl played the game help?
2: Absolutely. I mean, nowadays you see, I think coaches have to be more of a player's coach. And uh, just kind of have that, that connection and relationship with their players. And I think he does a great job with that. I mean, the communication is, I mean, door's always open, and you're, there's always that opportunity to go talk to him, good or bad. And, yeah, I mean, like Lane touched on, he, uh, I mean, ever since he's gotten the job, I mean, he's got he's got the connections. And, I mean, whether it's his brother or, or I mean, he's learned from some of the best in the business as far as uh, Jim Montgomery goes. And hey, uh, Yeah.
0: And yeah, it, whatever happened to him, by yeah. the way? There, there's some team in Boston that has a nine and one record. Yeah, I think they've only I lost thinking, one game. And I keep thinking, boy, wouldn't it be great if Monty had a chance? Oh yeah, that's right. He is coaching that team. Yeah, They're the no, best team in hockey right yeah. now. Yeah.
2: So no, he's okay. he's learned from some pretty smart people uh, in the game of hockey, and uh, I mean, he's he's taken he's taking control of this program, and um, I mean, as as you can see from last year, it's it's the same as it it's always been.
0: And in the transition, it was obvious that jim montgomery's recommendation to succeed him was david carl
2: yeah i mean we weren't we weren't actually here for that right i, I understand so but you
0: understood yeah that this wasn't some outsider
2: no absolutely. coming in yeah, yeah
0: and you know you were recruited by uh, yeah. you know uh david i i assume somewhere yeah. along the way and uh, so we had that instant credibility fellas i want to thank you so much uh hope to see you on the ice uh, this weekend, and uh, I know uh, Brett, were you one of the three pioneers who was part of the parade? Yeah, last June. Yeah, only three DU players were, were in the parade. You were one of them. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, that, quickly.
2: That was a that was an absolutely unbelievable day. Um, we didn't. I mean, me personally, I didn't exactly know what I was getting myself into. Uh, we, uh, I mean, there was only three of us, and we were on the team, or on the fire truck with uh, the, the mammoth, and then right. a, I believe a peewee team. Yes.
0: Oh yeah. Championship team.
2: Yeah. Out. And uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. Like the all I remember is the cup. The, obviously the cup was at the very very front, and I think right. we were the 19th or 20th 20th vehicle back, <laughs> and so we couldn't we couldn't yeah. re- we couldn't really hear the the uh, screaming and yelling for the cup but its I mean it was as soon as we got back there and we were lifting lifting our tr- the, the trophy it was just all DU chance and it was unbelievable it just the the support that we almost didn't really know we had um to that level it was it was unbelievable to see
0: you two were part of the greatest hockey championship season we will ever see in these parts there, there hasn't been anything like it before no other city has ever even boston back in 72 had the bruins and boston university i believe but they didn't have wee and high school national champions back then you guys did and you were a major part of it uh thanks so much we'll see you this weekend
3: no,
2: good luck to us. you
0: play well thank you and of course that's lane credenson the senior defenseman and brett edwards the senior forward marty richardson one of the great philanthropists humanitarians Uh, representing Dog Nation, uh, a fantastic organization here in the area, and we're going to talk about a special Pioneer, though this person never actually played for the Pioneers. That's coming next as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. I'm Sandy Bopp, and we're joined by Marty Richardson of Dog Nation. And, uh, Marty, we made mention of you just before the break, and I I am not sure that we can capture in the uh, the next few minutes exactly how much you do and have done, uh, not only for the hockey community, but the sports community as a whole uh not just in this state either yeah. uh not even just in this country but at times north of the border and uh we bring you on tonight to talk about a very special individual with yeah. a close connection with the du program although he never played for the pilots
4: that's correct i mean and neither did i and neither did you so um so there you go but um we're gonna talk about rob hamlin tonight and um there's his jersey is just to our left here sandy and and uh you'll notice those colors on that jersey uh, yes pretty obviously um rob grew up in this neighborhood around here and at uh 10 years old he he went to a pioneer game like uh like a lot of our dads take us to our first game right and um he fell in love with the sport right there and uh decided to start playing hockey around the 1980s yeah probably right around then and um and he ended up uh Junior, joining the junior pioneers program yep. and and the jersey that we have to our left here is actually his uh, junior pioneers jersey there and um uh talking to his parents uh, maggie and jim i think they think that that was probably around it's ironically number 16 and he was about 16 when he was wearing that jersey yeah. so yeah so um oh it's great yeah isn't that cool so um so he went on he was a really good player he played the predecessor to uh, the people that know colorado hockey there's uh, the highest level is called Triple-A. right? And um, predecessor to that was Team
0: Colorado, and so that that was the equivalent. Team yeah, Colorado equivalent. was Triple-A yeah. level, yeah. And Rob As was good enough to make that, it, so right. he played Triple-A. Right. Yeah. So,
4: uh, went on to play some club college after that, and and then and probably could have played for, probably, yeah, probably. And he, mi- he might have been Lane program. yeah. So, that's that's like right. a, so, uh, <laughs> but he he, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, he he went on to to. Um, uh, dabble in different things and ended up in the oil fields, I think at the end, but, um, enjoyed music, different things like that. But, all, but all, as they say with me, all, all roads lead to lead to the beer league. And yeah. he was a beer league hockey That's player. Right. And, yeah. um, so, uh, from that, you know, unfortunately three years ago, headaches turned into a brain tumor that turned in to yeah. a diagnosis with brain cancer. And he fought a really valiant fight there. And, um, finally passed uh, this past uh, fall, and and um, ironically, not really ironically, but really uh, uh, blessed for us, he knew about Dog Nation, and I I, yeah. I only knew Rob a little bit. I played a couple drop-ins with him and right. stuff, and and uh, maybe shared a beverage with him in the parking lot, but um, I was quite surprised when the family reached out to me and said, um, Rob decided that in lieu of flowers he'd like to choose dog nation. Yeah. And that was really cool. And what's happened with that is we ended up getting the most donations ever as in, in a lieu of flowers ever from this family. Wow. so how about that? Good. So so we got a nice cheer Oh wow, well, we got a yeah, big, so, so big big crowd here tonight yeah. including the Hamlin yeah, family. Yeah, this is mostly the Hamlin family. Yeah, that, mostly the Hamlin yeah, family. Yeah, That's so right. out there but um, we also got some of our uh, Griff Richardson. If people think he's my nephew because of his last name but he's not. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but uh, he He's, he's out probably
0: out is glad of that. As yeah, he's probably as glad are. about it. Maybe, maybe, he got a break
4: there. So. He got a break. So but anyway, um uh in a kind of twist of irony, um Rob uh, really he didn't choose what the family chose to do the his um celebration of life literally where we're sitting right now we're sitting right now and under the where tent. everybody's at and so that was for the first time i got to meet most of these people and actually got to tell them a little bit about dog nation and um and from, from what i've heard what patrick said even more donations are going to come in tonight yeah. so pretty amazing yeah. well, so thank you we're,
0: everybody. we're very uh hopeful of that and, and, and tell us, give us a sense. I, I, we don't have enough time to yeah. get into everything you've been doing over the years. We've had you uh, on the uh, fan uh, several times, and uh, uh, we've, uh, we've uh, done some events uh, together. And yep. uh, uh, only the hockey community, I think, could fully appreciate what you do yeah. because the hockey community is unique.
4: It is unique. And it's uh, it's really uh, they, that tight net gets overused, but it's not overused in the hockey community and literally started on a beer league hockey team. I was on that had not one, not two, but three guys all uh, be, were diagnosed with cancer, ironically, yeah. Um, yeah. And we're talking about with Rob here in a nine day period, three of 15 players and um, and each time that happened i would literally and figuratively pass my hat around the room and we would go see danny we'd see dave we'd see andy in the in the hospital it wasn't that we gave him 200 bucks it was that their buddies cared about him and all three of those guys what's really cool is they play with me today and all three of them and um and unfortunately on that same team later that year a fourth guy uh, also got sick and but it was an autoimmune disease and he passed and that's why we decided to start dog nation and um uh, what's really just incredibly humbling is guys like you having me on. It makes a huge difference. Guys like David Carl that that yes. um, do amazing stuff for us. Lane Crenzen over there actually yeah. plays for do- our dogs team. Yeah. And so there's that's just a few names without really name dropping them right. that um, <laughs> that have allowed us to believe it or not, give away $3.6 million now. Well,
0: you, you've had a connection uh, with Jared Bednar yep. uh, of, of the Avalanche, mm-hmm. something we've, we've talked about before, work yep. you've done north of the border yep. uh, in in tragic circumstances. And, uh, of course, DU is a wonderful partner. And uh, they can call Detroit hockey town. They can call uh, uh, Minnesota the state of hockey. But uh, only Denver can call itself uh, hockey title town usa right now in 2022 yeah right now uh,
4: and that's uh yeah that is really true and um, hats off to dc and the and the crew because they did do an amazing job there
0: yeah. with that. Uh, absolutely and uh you know you, you talk about a tight-knit uh community and it's it's just the mentality of hockey players who grew up without a sense of entitlement yeah. and a sense of serving and sharing and uh-huh. getting right yeah.
4: no i agree agree with it's you. it's built completely.
0: into the dna yeah of really a hockey is. person yep and uh they're uh, wonderful things that tell us what you're up to right
1: now if okay you can in a couple
0: minutes
4: yeah we got a fun event coming up in um and on november 18th and all right and it's called a it, we're calling hawktoberfest because it's kind of oh. past october right so, um <laughs> and so we kind of cha- play on words but it's going to be a czech versus germany night where jan hada and milan hada give Wonderful! A, yeah, they've developed a Czech Pilsner, yeah. and they're going to go head they to head. just
0: had his number retired. Yeah, yeah, so it.
4: perfect. Yeah. So, and we're going to have uh, my brother and I are doing a German Lager, so it's a Czech versus Germany
0: night, and see who sells the most beer. Very, good. Right. A very be good, and it's very much a hockey event it's uh, very much on, a hockey on that event. level as well. Yeah. Marty, thank you. You're welcome. As always, it's a pleasure. Uh, join us uh, anytime you want. Yeah. Uh, you're always welcome here, and we want to thank uh, Lane Krenzin. Brett Edwards, and, of course, Coach David Carl. And we want to thank all of you uh, for being (laughs) braving the elements. We're in the middle of a snowstorm, and you folks are out here outside of the Campus Lounge. And, again, we'll remind you the Campus Lounge is Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar. A lot more than that, though. Uh, You uh, uh, certainly get the best burgers in the area right here at the Campus Lounge. Fun and entertaining. Kids can play, parents can relax, watch games if they choose. The Nuggets are on right now inside. Uh, Saw the start of their game just a few minutes ago. uh, Located right off the three way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. Come watch the Pioneers, or even better yet, watch them in person tomorrow night and Saturday night, and come by here to the campus lounge. Uh, after the game, I can't guarantee that all these people will be here, yeah. uh, but you won't be alone yeah. if you uh, come by the campus lounge after any DU game on the Hilltop. Uh, Sandy Clough for David Carl, for Marty Richardson, for Lane Crenson, and Brett Edwards and Brian Rosenberg, our engineer uh, here on site, and all our friends uh, from uh, of the DU campus just down the street. It's been a pleasure. Uh, We'll see you next week with our next edition of the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Come out and see the Pios take on St. Cloud State, 7 p.m. tomorrow night and 6 p.m. on Saturday night. We'll see you next week.